If you're looking for a podcast for the most tasty and delectable recipes for cooking groundhog meat. Oh, that, that varmint. Yes, six more weeks of winter, according to a completely scientific forecasting method. The shadow of Puxatani Phil. Stuart, what does mommy say about the liars? Their souls are as black as poop. Yeah, <clears throat> Puxatani Phil's a liar! I think Texas has one, too, that they haul out. But Te Texatani Phil? No, I, I don't know what the... I think it was Texas. It may be I a different one. I don't know. Actually, I think it was someplace colder. Anyway. Um, They're all liars. Winter sucks. Yeah, they found theirs dead in its den. See what happens? Somebody had the right idea. But this is not that no, podcast. No, no, no. Sorry, we digress. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy Tragedy Marriage, a podcast where a married couple takes turns each episode selecting a movie, television show, or documentary to watch. We watch it together, then sit down and discuss why we like it, love it, or loathe it, and then share that conversation with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. Uh, my latest review is for Infinity Pool. Uh, it is uh, from director Brandon Cronenberg, son of uh, David Cronenberg. They both have similar sensibilities about grossness. Anyway, mm. uh, but you can catch that review at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. You can send us an email if you want to have a longer form to say terrible things about us. Uh, hey. The address is ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. All of that, just so we can stay in touch with with our uh, uh, nine to thirteen listeners. Do Stan a solid hashtag fame horror. He just wants to be famous. Uh, I've given up on that dream. I, I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> but you know, a little interaction would be nice. Anyway, uh, it was my choice this week for the movie we watched. We don't introduce Maud the Broad anymore? I, I got distracted. My apologies. Yeah, whatever. Joined as always is, uh, joining me as always, is my uh, significantly other, other. better no, uh, memory. Uh, wait, the, per the person with, say, significantly better memory than I is my other half. Yeah, Maud the Banshee. Broad. Just Banshee. Okie dokie. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Um, and this week it was my choice, and I selected the Academy Award-nominated film *The Banshees of Inisherin*. Uh, Inisherin. I've I think I've mispronounced it about seventy-four different ways. Uh, the it's film. It's not an easy word. Yeah, and you know, quite frankly, when you watch the movie, and we watched it with subtitles. Um, there are words that I understand with the subtitles that, like, they pronounce weird. Yeah. Because, you know, they're all foreigners. 
and um, you know there are just just you know there are, there are letters that aren't said there are letters that are said that aren't in the word it's it's just kind of the Irish, confusing the Irish dialects are interesting and oh it's lovely to listen and to intricate and not always easy to, for the American ear to understand. Yes. Uh, the film has been nominated for nine Academy Awards. Oh, that's a big deal. Uh, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Farrell, Best Supporting Actor for Gleason and Keoghan, uh, Best Supporting Actress for uh, Ms. Condon, um, Carrie Condon, as well as uh, Best Original Screenplay. It, uh, at the Golden Globes, it received three wins from eight nominations for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, Best Actor Musical or Comedy for uh, Farrell, and Best Screenplay for the screenwriter and the director, Martin McDonough, whom we've talked about on this uh, program before. Yeah. It, it, comedy? Mm. Well, that's, that's the weird thing about the Golden Globes. They have those two categories. Not everything that gets into the comedy category is really that funny, uh, or the musical slash comedy yeah. category. It's just how they divide it, and it's yeah. like, it, like they wouldn't put it in a hardcore drama nomination. Even though I, it would fit just fine. But, you know, also uh, The Martian, which was about the uh, astronaut stranded on Mars and the effort to rescue him um, uh, with Matt Damon from, uh -huh. I don't know, six, seven years ago. That was in the comedy category as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, it didn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, the Award film... Award season confuses me. Yes. Uh, the film stars Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Carrie Condon, Barry Keoghan, uh, and more. Uh, it is the story of two friends, uh, Patrick and Colm. Uh uh, Colin Farrell plays Patrick and Brendan Gleeson plays Colm. Um, at least the immediately prior to the movie, they are friends. Uh, Patrick goes to uh, get Colm to go to the pub with him, uh, like they always do at about 2 p.m. And uh, Colm acts like he's not there, he won't respond to him. And, um, and then later on, uh, Colm says, I don't like you anymore. I don't want to waste my time on uh, meaningless uh, chatter. Or, uh, yeah. And, and, and Patrick is like, what do you mean? It's not, it's not meaningless chatter. It's good quality chatter. Uh, and and Colm, who we also learn later on, has a history of uh, depression, although it's referred to despair. as despair uh, in the film, he wants to spend the rest of his days writing music, something that will outlive him the way the works of Mozart outlived him. Mm -hmm. um, and this creates a, an emotional turmoil uh, in, in Patrick, or Patrick, I, I don't. Uh, Patty. I'm going to call him Patty from here on out. Colin Farrell. Uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, because aside from his sister, the only other person he cares anything about is Colm. 
Um, and Jenny, but we're not going to spoil anything. Uh, but Jenny, Jenny, which is, is a Jenny's, miniature donkey. Well, that's what I was not going to spoil. Well, well, there's other things about Jenny that could be spoiled that we're not going to. But uh, this this rift between these two friends, which you know, even from somebody dumb like me, is like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, creates this this feeling of of inadequacy and abandonment um, in Patrick, and which leads to a further series of events that later on lead to like an attempted murder. We should give a little context here. The film takes place in 1923. Um, the island of Inishirin is. Um, looks to be tiny yes everybody knows everybody else's business even it though looks there's like lots of wide open spaces everybody knows everybody else yeah it looks like it there there might be you know a few dozen people who inhabit the island they all go to the same church they're all catholic of mm -hmm. course um many references are made to the the civil war in Ireland and the, you know, gunfire from the mainland. Yes, and... you, you see columns of smoke and hear explosions. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of the context of how, where this movie, when this movie um, takes place. It's a simpler time in a lot of ways because, you know, it's, it's it looks like it's a farming community. There's sheep and cows and goats and um a dog we see a dog a dog yeah and um they're a, they're a simple farming folk it looks like and everybody knows everybody else and this you know the first part of the movie we're opening with you know all these questions about are you are you rowan Yes. Are you Rowan? It looks like you're Rowan. I don't think we're Rowan. I don't. Are we Rowan? I don't know we're Rowan. Um, and, you know, so like this this rift between these two characters ripples out to the edges of the island. Yes. And uh, there's a shopkeeper who always wants news. Do you have any news for me? And, and uh, you know just desperate for something to to dull the monotony of it. Any little tidbit of of gossip mm -hmm. that uh, she can get just just so her day something that she can share with somebody else to create some conversation. And the the island policeman is a dill hole. <laughs> he is um he is, uh, he's a Garda, that's his official title, um, Garda uh, Peter Kearney, who is played by Gary Lydon, and his son Dominic is played by Barry Keoghan. Yeah, um, Petter is actually what they called him, the cop. Oh, Petter. Okay. Petter. Um, yeah, he's a dill hole. Or on, if it's Irish, on, it would be Odill hole. Oh, but... Uh, uh, yeah, on several levels, he is not a good person. He's a reprehensible human being. Um, and um, Dominic is simple. That would be the best way to put that. He's simple, he's young, he's a horny teenage boy, and um, he's kind of gross. He's kind of gross. He asks, 
Yes, Padraig, have you ever seen his, uh, his sister? Siobhan. Siobhan, uh, played by Carrie Condon, if he's ever seen her naked, which is... It's like, no. No, gross. What's wrong with you? <laughs> In Irish. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and I learned at least one new curse word, um, which sounds like another curse word. Um, Feckin' with an E. Uh, okay. Yeah. We're going to do that. Uh, and it means roughly the, the same, same thing, thing as the other one. As the other one know. with a U. But uh, it is less apparently intense than than the, the F-bomb. Um, the one with the U. Yeah. Um, and it's often used in a sentence in a context where it comes off as funny. Yes. At least to my ears it does. Yeah, it's... For one thing, the language of this film, the 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 speech, the 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 things said, doesn't quite rise to the level of poetry. But I love to listen to these people talk. It's it's a musical, lyrical, lilting accent that they have. Yes, yes. even when they're you know. Um, not being kind to one another, right. it's still, it's a Lilton kind of language, yeah. don't you know? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's just a beautiful thing to listen to. Hypnotic almost. Yeah. Um, there are, there are times when a script can almost be poetic, like I think, um, uh, No Country for Old Men. The Coen Brothers, mm -hmm. uh, which is based on a, um, not, oh, his, his name just flew out of my head. Anyway, which is based on a book. Um, Cormac but, McCarthy? Yes, I think that's correct. Let me, well, look, a smartphone. Well, yeah, you don't have to look at it now. We'll get corrected somewhere down the line. But um, to me, listening to, to that language and uh, the speech in there is almost poetry and the mixing what they're saying and how they say it in the banshees of in sharon uh in sharon i'll never get that right um also comes close to um poetry it's and and it's it's as you said lyrical Mm -hmm. uh, almost, almost like music, but it's it's. I just like hearing it. Yeah, it's Cormac McCarthy. Okay, I'm good. Um, what can I tell you? Well, apparently very little. Um, ah. that that I'll pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Uh, that was on me, not on you. Uh, anyway, um, now, um, the the writer and director of the film. Uh, Martin McDonough, his movies tend to start out lighter and then take a turn. Yeah. Uh, we watched... Um, in Bruges. In Bruges. And that movie, even though it's about two hitmen, they are two perfectly likable hitmen. Yeah. It's their boss who's the problem. Yeah. Um, and then that movie, which has not been really violent or gory becomes violent and gory. It takes a turn. Um, 
and in uh, Seven Psychopaths, which I recently went back and looked at my review of. Uh, I found it on our computer. Um, that movie is pretty lighthearted, even though we're dealing with, you know... Seven Psychopaths. Uh, cr criminals. Uh, that takes a turn. A turn. And um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri... Hmm. Now I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> I I don't. That I don't, sounds right. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it's having Missouri or Indiana. I think it's Indiana. Uh, Ebbing, da, 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 Missouri. Okay. Okay. I'm an idiot. Anyway, no, you're not. That movie, while about a very heavy subject, the the search for the killer of this woman's daughter, there's some lightness in that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take quite as violent a turn, but there is some violence um, in that one. So what I'm getting is that McDonough's films um, don't go in just a straight linear fashion from A to B to C. Correct. He zigs and zags a little. He does. Um, the uh, The violence in this mostly happens off in um, the Banshees of Inisherin. The violence in it takes place mostly off screen. Yeah, there's one. There's there's a particular act that one character does uh, that is uh, we see the aftermath of it, and it's quite gory. Um, but still, it, it it happens off screen. We don't see the actual thing happen. Thing happen. Uh, so it, it's it it isn't quite as bad as Seven Psychopaths or In Bruges. Um, and then there's another event that occurs later on near the end of the film that is an attempted murder. Um, and that and there's an, there is a death in the film that also happens near the end, that it just changes the complexion of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. In a way that, quite frankly, I didn't much enjoy. I, I found this change of tone to be a bit jarring. I mean, when it happens in, uh, in Bruges, that sort of makes sense because of who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and when it happens in Seven Psychopaths, the, it's all in the name. Yeah. Um, you, you you figure something bad's going to happen at some point, and it does. Um, but here, these are simple to part to excuse the expression simple country folk. They have no. There are no clan rivalries that, you know, they, they farm or, you know, they just go down to the pub or uh, they herd their animals, um, milk their cows, whatever it is yeah. they do to get by. And it, it is, it's the kind of place your dad would love to live. Yeah, except even that would have too many people for him. <laughs> 
Well, but the houses are way far apart. And beautiful rolling green exactly. scenery and beautiful. You know, atmospheric. And, and, and that, that lake, uh, whatever it is, um, that the old lady lives on the other side of, uh, that, you know, it, it, there is beautiful scenery mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, but it's, it's barren in many ways, and it is remote. It's separated from the mainland where the Irish and the Protestants are at war with mm-hmm. each other. Um, and it's separate from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this, it's just this turn that feels wrong to me. I mean, granted, I've never written a movie that's been nominated for an Academy Award, but I didn't like the way it the way it felt, especially from what happens in the majority of the movie, which at times is silly and funny, um, and and all the all 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 of the events that precede a a death. Um, from that point forward, it just becomes this different movie. Yeah. And I didn't love it. Um, if you're talking about the thing that I'm thinking about, the last big thing, um, where we actually see the action taking place on screen and the murder is attempted in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, well... It takes a turn from an event prior to that. We don't want to spoil yeah. it. You can watch it on HBO Max. No, the the one event um, precipitates the other event. Yes. Yes. Um, from that point forward, it's a different It's a different movie. film. Yeah. Um, yes, jarring is a good description of it. It's... Um, it becomes... A different color of dark, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I'm not really quite sure that I buy that that character would have done that course of action. It does seem out of character, yeah. especially for the way he behaves Dur- for, for the, for rest the whole of the rest of the movie up to the point. But the point. Um, the fulcrum upon which this seesaw turns. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand. I do too. But and we keep dancing around. It, it seems, and, but it seems it seems out of character that he chose the course of action that he chose. And even though the thing that happens breaks his heart, which is already. Damaged. You know, cracked because of the ending of his friendship. And Siobhan has decided to move to the mainland. She's gotten she's a job take there. Take a job as a librarian and, on the mainland. And aside from his sister Siobhan, um, Colm is the only real close connection with another human being that he has. Their parents are dead. Yes. They share their house that they grew up in. Yes. And, you know, he's like... She never married. He's never married. Don't go, Siobhan. I'll miss you. You and, know? And uh, his his closest companions after uh, Siobhan and uh, Colm are his animals, which he allows into the house. Which and Siobhan really doesn't like doesn't that. doesn't much care for that. But... Um, <laughs> they... 
<laughs> There's a very funny bit of conversation where they're talking about what is in the goat's shite. Yes. And it, it's, 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 it was just funny. Yes, it was. Um, but they're farm people and this is what their lives are, you know, what well, their lives are composed of. Well, in, in... E even farm people don't generally allow, you know, their livestock to into join the them into the house. Yeah. But Jenny, Jenny's a, uh, like a, a dog-sized goat. Well, not a goat. Donkey. donkey. Sorry, donkey. Uh, um, yes, yeah, and she is cute as a button. I, I love me the baby donkeys and the pygmy goats and all the things. Yes. Have you seen any of the videos for goat yoga? Yeah, where they stand on your back while you're in downward yeah, dog or something. Their baby. Yeah, they. Baby that's very pup, cute. Goat puppies. Anyway, I digress. I would. I would not like the pellets that probably uh, would fall rain down upon me. But anyway. Uh, yeah. It, very cute. She, she's baby a very cute a little uh, miniature donkey. She's the best person in the movie. Is a is a baby jackass. Well, and you said at one point, I don't like anybody in this movie, with the exception maybe of Siobhan. Yeah, Siobhan is kind of cool. She's um, she she suffers no fools, and mm -hmm. she um, doesn't. Um, she's pretty straightforward and plain spoken. Yeah, and um, a, a strong woman in you know an era where a lot of women were not allowed to be strong. Yeah, um, and... but I think she's had to be. Well, she's had to be. I think in part. Simply because of where they are. Yeah. Uh, the, you have to be independent and be able to take care of yourself because, you know, you can't, you know, call an Uber. You can't, you know, get Grubhub. Uh, you can't, you know, call an ambulance. Or And the last thing you want to do is call that cop. Um you know, they, they have to be independent and take care of themselves. And, you know, and their parents are dead, and she's... Coming up I, on eight years. My impression is that she has been um, very much um, Patrick's sort of caretaker. Yes, uh, and I think that's probably why she never married. Married. With the possible exception of no one asking, because there's... Not a huge dating the pool on the island. The Pickens are slim on um, Sharon. Yeah. Um, and the only one who, who expresses an interest in her that we see is Dominic. Horny teenage gross boy. Yeah. And that scene, that's why uh, Barry Keoghan gets has been nominated. Oh, yeah. That scene, just as as the as the realization comes upon him that that she's not interested... And never will be. Yeah. It you can just see him die inside. His and performance it, it broke is, my heart. Yeah, his performance is um, by turns horny teenage gross boy and oh, yeah. I just want to fold him up and put him in my pocket and tell him things will be better. Yeah, yeah, and you know his father abuses him in various ways. Um, and it it's just it, it, he is so good in that yeah it's a limited tiny 
role, I, I, why Brendan Gleeson isn't nominated for Best Actor along with Farrell. That Farrell's. confused me too, unless um, they they were strategically not trying to split the vote. Well, but they're going to split the vote in this Best Supporting Actor category. And, well, better to split it there than Best Actor. Well, yeah, we uh, can it's, argue it's about Hollywood that. Hollywood politics, whatever. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, I would like to see uh, Keoghan win. Um, only because he has a tremendous life story. He has overcome a great deal. He was in an orphanage um, to start his life and has come from that into being an Academy Award-nominated actor. He also was uh, in a, a Marvel movie, The Eternals. Not the best Marvel movie. Well, yeah. But um, you room know, to grow. Still, pretty pretty decent gig, um, and he's got one of those faces that when you see it, you may not know his name, but you know that you know that guy. Yeah. Um, and I've seen him in several things, um, and I think this and Eternals was the first time I've ever heard him speak in his natural accent. Mm. Of course, he could be putting on some of that for uh, for Banshees because. He's playing somewhat simple, um, but you know I think he's a really good actor, and he's uh, I I hope he wins. Well, you know, the and best he's young, so yes. we also have time to watch him develop and mature and grow. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I would like to see Brendan Gleeson yeah. win, but um, but if if Barry Keoghan wins, then you'll be happy. I, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, you know, there, and there are great performances scattered throughout this movie. Even the little old lady who smokes the, the pipe, who's... She's the banshee. Yeah. She's, you know, she's a ghoul. She's referred to as a ghoul. Yeah. Um, I, you know, she was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in a very small part. Um... And the priest, the Catholic priest. <laughs> Bless um, his poor heart. Because <laughs> you can't go to confession and not know who, you know, who you're talking to. Yeah. So. Um, especially since they don't have a screen on their confessional. Yeah. It's just a hole. I mean, a, 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 little a window. rectangle uh, window. Uh, and when I saw this in the theater the first time... Um, I, when, when Colm and the priest have their little yelling match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a laugh out loud moment. I doubled over. I just leaned over in my chair and was laughing. I, that hit me so hard when yeah. I saw it the first time. But, uh, yeah, this movie's just filled with great performances. And I really wish I loved it as much as I loved the performances. Yeah. But there's just that turn that I just can't quite reconcile, buy, or wrap my head around. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'm dumb. No. But or maybe it's because these people are from a different time when life was cheap, cheaper, uh, and you weren't expected to live that long. And there's a war going on across, yeah. you know, the the bay, um, or the inlet, and and. You know, it's it. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't. No, I agree. It doesn't quite gel. 
I, I really, because I, I love this director. Yeah. Uh, you know, the two movies of his I had, well, I've seen all of his movies now. Um, I wasn't thoroughly in love with Seven Psychopaths, but um, In Bruges and Three Billboards, I think are fantastic. And this one, boy, I was really excited about seeing it. And, yeah. And, like, I, hit me again. Hit me in the feels. Mm-hmm. And it didn't quite, quite work for me. It hit you in different feels than you wanted. Well, uh, um, un, unwanted certain levels of feels. Yeah. So, what did you think of it in general? Um, well, we should probably save that for after a brief break. All right, we can do that. And we will be back uh, talking more about the Banshees of Inisherin right after this. Welcome back to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We're talking about the Banshees of Inisherin, And I had just asked Maud what she thought of the movie. Parts of it I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I am with you in that I think that the last... Um, the last turn seemed out of character for what, um, it's not what one would expect Patrick to do. However, Patrick is triggered. Agreed. Um, I just, I'm just not sure I buy him going to the lengths that he went to in his, you know, murder attempt. Yeah, it's, um, it just, I just don't get it. So I'm, I'm gonna give it three banshees and a crone. Hmm. I really, really enjoyed it right up until that turn. So, I think I'm gonna give it four stars. Um, because of the performances um, and the the conclusion of some of the storylines, um, I would like to see what happens next. Mm. Well, that's a good sign. Um, but that we'll never see what happens next. So, I in that way. The movie was successful for me. Yeah. Uh, along with um, just how pretty it is to look at, and the um, and, and the, the, the lyricism and the of, of of the language and the performances. I want to see what happens in Siobhan's life after she crosses over onto the mainland because I think they said she was going to work in the library. Yes, she. That's yes. She was I want. I want to explore that because. You're a librarian. Not technically. I don't have the degree. Well, you don't have the degree, but you work in a library. I work you in manage a, library. a branch. Um, so that makes you a librarian in 99.9% of people's minds. Thanks. So. Um, yeah. So I would like to see what happens with Siobhan next. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be interested in that. Uh, I'd like to see the aftermath of the body that was discovered. Mm-hmm. What happens, of course, that would be part of a larger movie, but, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to know what happens after the closing credits. 
so you can watch The Banshees of Inisherin if you have HBO Max. Uh, it's currently streaming there. Uh, you can also rent it on all the platforms. So uh, check that out. And if you happen to catch it, I know some theaters, at least around here, are doing special screenings of the Academy Award-nominated films. Mm -hmm. uh, you may be able to catch it in a theater in your hometown. I would prefer always to see a movie in a theater on a big screen uh, as opposed to watching it at home. But this particular film, I think, works either way. Yeah, I think the scenery would be really cool to watch on a big screen in a yes, theater. Yes, yes. There's a lot of... Because you've seen it in both places, yes, right? Yes, there, there are some uh, drone shots as, it, as the drone flies over the landscape. And mm -hmm. it's, it looks like it's cut up into squares. Um, yeah, it's people's little farms. Well, either that or it's just some sort of natural uh, geologic formation or... Uh, nah, I don't know. Anyway... Uh, but it, it looks really nice, and you get the feeling that everybody smells bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, you got to imagine uh, Patrick and, and Siobhan's house got to stink a little bit because the animals are in there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and everybody's smoking, you know... It, you just feel the environment, even though you really can't, but you get an idea of the kind of place these people live. So, you know, it does a wonderful job of scene setting, um, and the characters are all very interesting. Uh, it's just that last turn. I don't, I don't, you don't quite, quite buy it. Don't quite buy it. Yeah. So anyway, that's the Banshees of Inisherin. She gave it three uh, Banshees and one Crone, which I guess is three and a half stars, and I gave it four. All right, let's move on. What else have we, you been watching, reading, listening to, whatever? Oh, okay. First of all, let's start with my book. Um, I finished um, A Midnight Clear. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was um, pretty true to the film, mm -hmm. um, or the film was Pretty, pretty true, true to the book, to the book actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which we did an episode of that. I think it's the first episode of the new year. I think so. Um, it was good. Um, a lot of the dialogue um, was sort of, I think the author was trying to be, um, you know, World War II era hip yeah. or whatever. So some of that was a little um, strange to me and maybe felt to me a little bit contrived but it was a good story i enjoyed it okay so since i finished that um i picked my next read it is called the lost saints of tennessee by An amy franklin willis um it was published in 2012 and it follows um the life of the main character who has um lost his wife lost his long um his twin brother and um so far I'm I'm not very far in but it's jumping back and forth among timelines to give us kind of a a non-linear sort of picture of this mm -hmm. this life that mm -hmm. is um so anyway I'm very curious to finish that um also I watched an Oscar nominated film from um, 2022, 
Um, Kate Blanchett stars in Tar. Um, the film is named for fictional um, world-famous composer and conductor Lydia Tar. Um, it also stars Noemi Merlon, Nina Haas, Sophie Cower, Julian Glover, um, Alan Corduner, and Mark Strong. Um, it was, I'm strolling down to, um, shoot, the, um, the nominees. Okay, at the 80th Golden Globe Awards, according to the witchy, witchy, ha! Oh. According to the wiki page, um, Kate Blanchett won Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. Um, the film was also nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama and Best Screenplay. Now, at the 28th Critics' Choice Awards, Blanchett won Best Actress. And um, the film also won for Best Score. And for the 76th British um, British Academy Film Awards. Um, the, the BAFTAs. Film, the BAFTAs. It received five nominations. Now, for Oscar consideration, um, it has been nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay for Todd Field, uh, Best Actress for Kate Blanchett, as well as Best Cinematography and Best Editing. So, um, Lydia Tarr is, um, she's a musicologist, ethnomusicologist, composer, and um, conductor, first female conductor at the Berlin Philharmonic. She has a wife and a child. Um, her wife is the concertmaster of the Berlin Philharmonic, which to me actually seems like a conflict of interest already, but whatever. Um, Lydia Tarr is a deeply layered, complex character. And among other themes in this film, we have um, exploration of, um, Me Too, um, because allegations come to light that, um, Maestra Tar has, um, promoted people, given people, um, plum opportunities in exchange, allegedly, for sexual favors. Um, women uh, because she's gay and um, it's just Kate Blanchett is just a tremendous actor she just kind of morphs into whatever role she's playing at the time and um, as a musician obviously I was watching for um, her, you know, are they going to actually have her pretend that she's conducting this orchestra? You know, how does she, um, and it's clear that she put research into, um, how she was going to do that. And I think that the, the choreography that she developed for her character, um, is, speaks to, um, the personal life of this character. Um, she's um, very, um, she's not a fluid conductor, I'll say. She's, um, she's um, very um, strong gestures mm -hmm. and um, angular and um, 
I don't know. It was interesting to watch. The little bits and pieces, uh, I didn't watch this with you, but the little bits and pieces of the, the conducting that, you know, just from like the the trailers and mm -hmm. things like that. It struck me more, and the, the word you used was perfect, choreography, mm -hmm. struck me more as like um, dance, like contemporary ballet. Interpretive dance. Yes. yes. Uh, and not that the whole body is, you know, she's not moving around the, the stage in front of the orchestra, but just the, the head movements and the hands and it all looked very performative. Yeah. And not in the way that an actual conductor, conductor is yeah. performing. And I know that is a pet peeve of yours. It is. But, you know, I mean, orchestra conductors typically are not actors. And so no. they don't hire orchestra conductors to play orchestra conductors yeah. in television or film. Yeah. They, they should at least hire them to show them how to do it. Yeah. And they may have, you know, I mean, I don't know. I didn't dig into a lot of, you know, the research that she did for this film. Mm -hmm. I did find it interesting, though, that on several, um, in several bits of dialogue, it was mentioned that um, one of her mentors was Leonard Bernstein, mm -hmm. which I have a friend who actually his mentor was Leonard Bernstein. Mm -hmm. And so I, I haven't had a chance to confab with him about, have you seen the movie? What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but I do know that that Me Too happens in the world of classical music just as much as it does everywhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, Hollywood and um, the restaurant industry got skewered. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's everywhere. Didn't, wasn't Bernstein considered a bit of a rogue? In what way? Well, in a way that would have gotten him in trouble with me, too. Um, or am I thinking of something? I don't know. Um, I, he was, he was eccentric mm -hmm. and um, meticulous and demanding mm -hmm. and kind of a perfectionist, mm -hmm. but I don't know if he was, you know, a sexual harasser necessarily. Okay. All right. Well, I, I have misinterpreted um, or misremembered something. Now, there was somebody just in the last, you know, eight, ten years, there were, well, several people who got in trouble. Anyway, I digress. Um, it was a very interesting film, mm -hmm. and um, I recommend it, and maybe you and I should watch it together and i would i would be interested in your thoughts yes it, it is streaming now on peacock mm -hmm. uh so if you have that service you can watch tar uh and again it is available for rental on all the other platforms mm -hmm. um yeah so if you're a music weenie like i am watch it and um email us and tell me tell me what you thought all right anything else uh, and just what we've been watching together, which we want we want to talk about the thing. Well, yes, uh, we because it's been so good. We have been watching on Peacock a uh, program um, that Ryan Johnson is in charge of, the director of um, Knives Out and Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, uh, and uh, what I think is the best of the. Uh, three modern Star Wars films, um, The Last Jedi. Um, it is called Poker Face, and it stars Natasha Leone in a Murder of the Week series 
um, that um, she is she plays Charlie, a Charlie Kale, a woman who is a human lie detector. She she can pick up on the little crinkles or micro expressions or whatever in somebody's face or how they say something and know if what they are saying is a lie or not. It helps if it's a direct question, did you do this, yes or no, and as she, opposed to... And she can literally call BS on yes, it. Yes, and she does. Um, and she's infallible. She is. That, so far, anyway. Yes. Uh, and every episode is a different uh, murder that she has to solve. Uh, she starts out in Las Vegas where the owner of a casino heard about her ability to uh, read people's facial expressions and she was using it in poker games to know if they were bluffing. But she made the mistake of going into a uh, game in Las Vegas and the owner of this particular casino uh, heard about her and blackballed her everywhere across the country. So she can't get into any game for any amount of money. Um, so she, he wound up giving her a job as uh, a cocktail waitress in his casino, which is how she starts, which is where the first murder that we see takes place. Um, and she's on the run from this guy, and I'll leave you to discover why. Uh, but uh, there are five episodes currently, and each episode starts with the murder, and then it jumps back in time a little bit, because Charlie has been on the scene the whole time. We just don't see her uh, until after the murder has taken place. Mm -hmm. And then we see where she has been in proximity to the victim and the killers. Um, and it is done with a great deal of style and imagination. And um, I'm really enjoying it so far. If this yeah. were, you know, if they made, if Ryan Johnson made a movie out of this, uh, maybe do three murders and they're all interconnected somehow and she solves each one. Mm -hmm. Uh, over the course of 90 minutes or two hours, I would pay money to see it. Of course, I am paying money to see it now because of Peacock, but... I want to see her meet Benoit Blanc. <laughs> because her raspy whiskey voice and his New Orleans drawl mm. I, and those two minds working to... I, I want to see this so bad. That would this, be this, fabulous. This needs to be a thing. For some reason, people want Benoit Blanc to make a movie with the Muppets. I don't know why. Um, but... Michael Caine did it, and it didn't work out yeah, that great. Yeah, it didn't work out that great. It was like, obviously, he needs the paycheck. <laughs> well, he's admitted that he took a lot of movies for the paycheck. Well, I mean, he was working, yeah. so, you know. Uh, he, he said about Jaws 4, The Revenge, <sighs> which is a horrific film, uh, that uh, he's never seen the movie, but he's seen the house that the check paid for, and it's pretty nice. Yeah, so. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, that, that is, would be a fabulous idea to get those two together. And since they kind of live in the same universe. Yeah, kind of. Um, it would be pretty cool. You had said that you read somewhere or heard on a podcast or something that um, 
it that Poker Face was drawing some loose comparisons to Columbo. Oh, I yeah. totally see that. Well, it's not even loose. I mean, it's it's a it's both shows are how done it's not who done it because you know who done it. Yeah. And then it's about figuring out how Char uh, Charlie or Columbo is gonna figure out how they did it. Yeah. Um, Even the opening graphics are similar. Yes, uh, the big yellow style. block letters. Yeah. Um, and you know, her voice, uh, Natasha Leone's voice, very raspy and gravelly, in many ways very similar to. Um, and uh, I Peter have Falk. noticed her saying, eh, "There was one thing." Oh yeah, I think she she does does do, yeah, she's trying to question a, a suspect without letting them know they're being questioned. Mm -hmm. She's trying to get in it softly, the same way that Columbo would walk out of the room and come back and say, one more oh, thing. Just one more thing um, for my report. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's it's just a lot of fun. And, and the overarching um, story about her being on the run from this uh, Vegas guy who wants to kill her, mm -hmm. um, it isn't brought up in every episode, but we—it is an overarching theme, though, yes. and it, it it will come back. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that I'm noticing is that the music is very—they're using a lot of '70s music. Yeah. It, it, well, and Ryan it's, Johnson—it's its own character. Ryan Johnson, I mean, the apparently Glass Onion is a, a Beatles lyric, something from a Beatles lyric, and Knives Out also is from a Beatles lyric. Well, there you go. So he's he's very into uh, incorporating the music uh, that he likes into his projects, except of course with the Last Jedi. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't yet, there are five episodes of Poker Face on Peacock. It's worth the free trial. It's really good. To to this may be the thing that gets Peacock more noticed. I hope so. I don't think. Uh, the WWE or uh, the Fresh Prince reboot <laughs> are the kinds of things uh, that will draw in a huge, consistent audience. But if they can keep making stuff like Poker Face, I mean, it doesn't have to be the mystery of the week. It, well, as no, long as it's the same quality. Yeah. Uh, then this, I think yeah, this is a winner. I think that might really help them build up a subscription base. Speaking of, um, the latest scuttlebutt on what Paramount Plus is doing mm -hmm. is the, with Showtime. Yeah. I am so glad they're going to start integrating Showtime programming into Paramount Plus. Well, they're going to create a new platform for the combined two, and it will cost more. So well, if you're getting more, well, yes, but you know, but like our existing Paramount Plus won't. Uh, I I don't know what they're gonna do with the existing because there's there's Showtime by itself that yeah. you can get, you can add it on to Paramount Plus, um, and I just want George and, just... and Tammy for free. <laughs> well, it won't be for free. Yeah, nothing else. Life is free. Right, but yeah, well, we could probably make that happen. Either way, yeah, we'll but see. they're 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 gonna just like uh, Warner Discovery is gonna merge HBO Max and Discovery Plus and just call it Max. 
There's some geniuses in that marketing department. Uncle Zaz. But, you know, we'll leave that for another time. Uh, anything else? May the sweater else? vest be with you. <laughs> anything else you uh, have seen, read, or heard, or, or whatever? No. All right. Well, that takes care of it for this episode of Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We're sorry it's a couple days late, but things have gotten in the way, and we had the time to do it now, so uh, there it is. Hopefully, we'll be back with you next Tuesday. Uh, with another edition when it will be Maud's turn. And, of course, she knows not of what she will make me watch. Don't judge. All right. Um, so, anyway, we will uh, be back for you next week with another edition of Comedy Tragedy Marriage. Please subscribe, like, rate, review on uh, any or all, preferably all, podcast platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. That uh, helps us the most. Uh, if you have a suggestion for something you'd like us to watch, a, either a movie, TV show, or documentary, and you want to tell us that information, send it to us in an email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Tell us what it is you want us to watch and why you think we should watch it. You can also leave us that information in a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode or send me a tweet stan, uh, at Movie Man Stan on Twitter. So, that takes care of it for this week. I'm Stan the Movie Man. That's Maud the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. later. Yay!